0: Want to create a breakthrough gene therapy? Pioneer aerospace excellence? Start a global hospitality brand? Be next to do it in Montgomery County, Maryland. Visit bnext.thinkmoco.com to see how our top talent, diversity, and location will help you be the next company to change the world.
1: Welcome to the Fantrax Toolshed. If you love Dynasty Leagues and Prospects, you came to the right place, because that's what this show is all about, covering the majors and all levels of the minor leagues to give you the leg up in your Dynasty Leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Eric Cross and Chris Clegg.
0: All right, Dynasty and Prospect fanatics around the world, welcome to the Toolshed. This is episode 36 of the Fantrax Toolship with Click & Cross, powered by Fantrax and FantraxHQ.com. I'm your host, Eric Cross. We have another fun episode in store for you all today with a great guest, and with me as usual is Mr. Chris Clegg. Chris, what's up, man? Hi, what's
2: going on? It's good to be back, good to chat some more about prospects, and it's always a great day. We're looking at some some deeper prospects today, but hopefully it'll be a good chat for you in, in deeper Dynasty League, some prospects that... You can go out that might not cost you very much or maybe on your waiver wire, depending on how deep your league is. But hopefully these are guys that can blossom and become top prospects one day that you can get on the cheap right now. So looking forward to this.
0: Absolutely. We did the pitching version of this episode last week. So go check that out if you missed it in episode 35. And as Chris said, we'll be doing hitting prospects outside of our top 150 that you should be targeting now in Dynasty Leagues. And as I mentioned a little a few minutes ago, we have a great guest. You can find his work at Rotofanatic and Prospects 1500. He's a man that is lucky enough to only have a 30-minute drive to see Jared Konick which yes, I am very, very jealous of because I would have to drive about a day and a half to go see Jared Konick across the country in Tacoma. That's right. Michael Richards joins us in the Tool Shit today. Michael, thanks for coming on. How are you?
1: I'm doing good, Eric. I appreciate you guys having me back on. Uh, I really like what you guys are doing and I'm excited to talk with you guys about prospects today.
0: Yeah, we like what you're doing too. You're doing great work and both written and you know on, on Twitter. If you're not following Michael, you should be. You can follow him at MP Richards1981. And then of course, Chris and I. Chris is at Roto Clegg. I'm at Aircross Zero Four. And our show is at Fantrax Toolshed. Please subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or on preferred podcasting platform. And please check out our new Patreon for extra written content from both of us, bonus podcasts, private Discord access, access to our live prospect and dynasty rankings, and much more. These perks are available across four different tiers, starting at just five dollars a month. Or if you just want to thank and support the work of Chris and I, you can do so for one dollar a month. Sign up today at patreoncom slash toolshed. And of course, check out all the other great written and audio work we have on the network, including our two other baseball podcasts, the Five Tool Pod and SP Streamer. Well, let's get right into this week's episode. We'll get to the hitting prospects in a minute here, but quickly, just want to do a quick recap of my live scouting of Luis Medina, right handed pitching prospect for the New York Yankees. Saw him on Wednesday night. It was supposed to be Tuesday night, but of course, anytime I want to go see a pitching prospect, it rains. Uh, rain for Simeon Woods Richardson, rain for Brian Bello. It's strange for every time I want to go see a pitcher, it's just a like commonplace now, but uh, wasn't impressed. <laughs> um, the stuff is good. The fastball, you know, was mid, sitting 95 98, topping at 99. Curveball, low 80s, a hammer. He's kind of like I call him like a poor man's Matt Manning. He's got the good fastball, curveball. But everything else, all the issues Manning has had with developing his change up, his overall command, Medina has times like a thousand. So I said um, I did a quick write up on uh, our patreon about Medina and I said that this is the worst command profile I've seen live come through Portland, whether it be you know Red Sox prospects or visitors, since Darwin's on Hernandez. It's thirty grade command. 30 grade control. He could not locate any of his pitches. The changeup was minimal movement. It was left high in the zone a lot in the upper eighties. It was getting hit hard. Yeah, it was just not great. I, I think there's an 80% chance. You, we see Medina in the bullpen, but uh, before we move on here, what what are your guys Michael, what's your thoughts on uh, Luis Medina here?
1: I basically, I echo everything you said. I really like his stuff. I think he could be electric if they were able to figure out how to make him, a better starting pitcher basically, and I, I think ultimately it's leaning heavily towards him becoming a back end bullpen guy down the road.
0: Yeah, I think that I think, yeah, fastball curveball combination could make him a decent bullpen arm. So the arm is electric, and that was another thing too. A lot of his, uh, both me and Ian Kundal from uh, socksprospects.com, he was there as well. We talked a little bit, compared notes, and it's a lot of arm in, in his delivery, not a lot of lower half. Um, but I definitely think he could be a solid bullpen arm. Chris, you think he could be, if he goes the bullpen route, you think there could be a chance you see him maybe as a setup guy or a closer down the road.
1: Yeah. I
2: think he's got that kind of stuff. And I mean, obviously he doesn't have the command control, but plenty of guys succeed back there and don't. So I'd say the chances of him sticking as a starter are pretty slim, unfortunately, because you know, early on in the season when I was watching him, I thought that some of this had improved. I mean, early on, I thought he was yeah. impressive. You know, the walk rates were down. He was commanding a little better and maybe it was just a fluky start to the season. And now he looks back to his old self and, you know, it's kind of frustrating, but yeah, I agree. Yeah. pin it's
0: arm. A lot of talent there. And yeah, we, he's made some gains there end of 2019, a little bit. You heard the reports out of the alt site in 2020 were kind of positive as well, but yeah, it seems like he's just reverted back to the same old Luis Medina that we've come to know over the last several years of him and the low minors, but a lot of the Yankees arms are kind of like that. Like uh, well, all their top prospects are kind of flailing out on the mound. You know, Davey Garcia is struggling right, right now. Luis gill has been all right. Medina um, Medina's kind of struggling. And you have guys like Glenn Otto that are surging and Ken Waldochock and all their like, you know, lower prospects that people didn't really think much of. These are the guys that are, Really um, surging right now, so it's kind of interesting. That's, that's, that's the beauty of prospects, right? Like you could have, like, look at Mackenzie Gore. We all thought he was a sure thing, and now look at the issues he has. And then you know some of these guys that you never even think about, you know, as prospects they come up and they they excel. That's just the beauty of prospects, it's the beauty of player development in general. But the Yankees could have a pretty decent bullpen down the line, though, of like Davey Garcia, Luis Medina, maybe Gill finds his way out there, maybe Glenn Otto, like. Not everybody can start. We know that. So some of these guys end up in the bullpen. So this could all work out for the Yankees in you know some way. But, yeah, not really impressed with Medina. So if you, still ha- if you have him in dynasty leagues and maybe you can sell him on his name value alone or find a Yankee fan in your league, there's probably at least one in every league you're in. Maybe you can get something for him, even, even if it's a draft pick or whatever. Um, yeah, I'd definitely try to sell him right now if you got him. But enough of that. Let's get into are hitting prospects to target outside of our top 150. And I personally will make up for my bashing of Medina because I have two Yankees on my list here. It feels dirty, but it made sense with how their gains this year and how they're performing. So we will go through infield first, each give you three infielders, and then take our break, come back, and give you three outfielders each, so 18 players total. And let's let our guest here lead off. Michael, who was your first guy?
1: So the first infielder that I wanted to mention is Blue Jays, uh, Samad Taylor, and he's someone that I wasn't super familiar with. Uh, I did a lot of studying and prospects. I noticed his stolen bases coming into the season, but there wasn't really anything else to get excited about from my perspective. And the reason he's jumping out at me at this point is because he's added power. He had never hit more than nine home runs in the season coming into this year. And he already has 12 this year. And he's a, he's a, obviously a, a big stolen base thread. He had 70 steals between 2018 and 2019. So with the added power, he's up to 317, 400, 602 slash line. And so if you got that slash line with added power and proven speed, another thing I like about him is he's only 22 years old. He'll be 23 soon, but this isn't a very old prospect. He's doing well in the high levels. So another thing I like about him is he's got defensive versatility. They've been playing him at second, third, and outfield. And so I think even if he doesn't end up being an all-star, he's going to have value in fantasy and real life with his ability to play multiple positions. And speed always has some place on a team, fantasy and real life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I saw Samad Taylor uh, a couple times earlier this season when they when uh, New Hampshire came to Portland, and he had a couple of hard-hit balls. And, yeah, it was really nice to see that. And as I thought of him, yeah, he had, like, what, eight or nine home runs in 2019, but – these are the types of guys that you didn't hear like a lot about Samad Taylor last year, right? Like we heard a lot about some of the, the more prominent prospects since he wasn't a top prospect, didn't hear a ton about him. So it's nice to see these, these power gains we're seeing from some of these guys. And yeah, even if he's only like a 12 to 15 home run bat, which I think is fair, I don't think he's ever going to be like 20 or anything like that, but yeah, he has adding a little more power to that solid hit tool he has and the speed. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely worthwhile prospect to target right now. And, that versatility for Toronto guys, I think is really key right now because Mm -hmm. look at all the hitting process they have. They, they're going to have plenty of versatility. I know they, Martin's been playing like short and center, you know, Grosius was playing third and short. Arovis has moved down a little bit. Miguel Geraldo, Geraldo. That's key with all the good hitting prospects they have. And speaking of that, and Chris's first guy, we're sticking right in Toronto.
2: Yep. Same team, his teammate, Otto Lopez. And you know, his numbers haven't been as flashy as Samad Taylor, but you know, when I watch Lopez, I like what I see a lot in the swing. I think that he naturally generates loft, which is interesting when watching him, because he actually puts the ball on the ground a little bit too much. I think he's right this season got a 53.5% ground ball rate. When you watch him, like he's kind of got a little bit of an uppercut. And I see, man, this guy could really generate some loft and add power if he can just consistently do that. And that's kind of been a struggle and I think why the home run power isn't fully there yet, but even still, you know, putting the ball on the ground at that rate, he's got 350 batting average so far in 202 plate appearances, 406 OBP, pretty solid and a good walk to strikeout ratio. You know, only striking out 18% of the time, 8.4% walk rates, pretty solid at the Double A level. And, you know, I think there's developing power. I don't argue that the hit tools plus at this point from what I've seen. And I think the game power, I, I'm not sure what he gets to ultimately, but I think he could be at maybe 10 to 12 home run guy. But he's got plus speed as well. He just hasn't really shown it off this year. And 2019, he stole 20 bags in just 492 plate appearances this year. He's got five stolen bases so far. He gets called a little more than I'd like for his speed, but if he can just get a little more efficient on the pass, I think you're looking at a, a 10 home run, 20, 25 steal type guy with a good hit tool. I really like what I see, and he uses all fields well. And that's what I like. And, you know, another reason he goes Oppo a lot, so that kind of limits his home run power, but still when you can consistently hit to all parts of the field, I really like what I see. You know, mechanically I like his swing a lot and so we'll see how he continues to develop. He's a little smaller, listed at 5'10" 160. You know, maybe he can add a little weight. He is 22 years old, so the growth may, may be done, but we'll see if he can hit the weights, add a little more muscle to that profile and add the power. I like Lopez a lot. And you know, he plays both positions in the middle infield, second and short. If he ends up sticking at second, then I think you know, you're looking a much better fantasy asset because we look at the the realm of second baseman in fantasy and it's it's pretty thin. You know, shortstop. Yep. I don't see him taking over Bo's spot. I, th- I think Bo will be shortstop for the future. You know, we'll see. But Lopez is a guy that I like, and I think he's still under the radar, and I think you can get him pretty cheap right now.
0: Yeah, kind of like what we're talking about, targeting those those guys that are in systems that have a lot of star power that you don't, you don't really kind of look to these lower guys like auto Lopez that much or, or Samad Taylor. That's why you can get them for cheap. Cause everyone's like, Oh, no, you know, Toronto, it's Grotians, it's Martin, it's SWR, et cetera. But these are some good values right now. And yeah, I saw Otto Lopez too. Uh, he, he impressed me earlier this year as well. And I remember back in, uh, when he was in the Midwest league, I think it was in what, 2019 Emily Walden, uh, who, who cover, covers that area for Baseball America and whatnot, and she wrote a, a glowing review of him as well. So, yeah, I think he's, what, a career like 320 hitter or something like that in the minor leagues and hasn't really struggled at any level with the batting average. So those are the guys, the hit tools there. You know, that's, that's, a, good, that's a good place to start and just get some a little more power and speed. Could be a very solid player. And if not, at least you got a, a batting average asset there at the very least. I will not make it three Toronto Blue Jays in a row. Sorry to say, I have to go to the Evil Empire. Let's get my two Yankees out of the way here. Uh, My first hitter, Anthony Volp, is a uh, 5'11", 180. Might be a little bigger than that. It looks like he's bigger than 180, but maybe I'm wrong. Haven't seen anything that says he's not 180, but really, really good start to the season right now. He's in low A, still only 20 years old and 206 plate appearances slashing 305 432 617 already has 30 extra base hits, nine of those home runs, 18 steals when he caught three times. But again, with single A, they're working on a lot of things that are limiting, you know, pitchers movements and you know pick pickoff moves stuff like that. So that's why you see a lot of these stolen base numbers really high. Like I think Zach Veen has like 25 steals already or something ridiculous. So Take single or low A stolen base holders with a grain of salt right now. But Volpe does have good speed. Um, his plate approach has been great. 17% walk rate, 16.5% strikeout rate. He has one more walk than he has stri- strikeouts this season. 311 ISO, 475 Woba. Uh, he's putting the ball in the air a lot. You know, 17.1% line drive rate, 47.6% fly ball rate. Has got a little pull happy this year, 57% pull rate. Um, but that hasn't really been an issue for him in you know in years past. I don't think he's gonna be a you know a guy that pulls too much moving forward. He, he's shown the ability to use the entire field pretty well, and with him, there's not really a huge standout tool. But that hit tool might be plus. So you see, even back to when he was drafted back in 2020, there's a lot of you know above average to plus hit tool grades, and he's done nothing to make those grades seem inaccurate so far. Like I said, hitting over 300 this year with a great approach. I have him probably had closer to 55 hit, but could be 60 hit. A guy that could hit 280 plus, good on base as well. Very quick and compact swing. You know, fluid mechanics, quick hands, really good bat speed. Like I said, you know, a bit pull happy at times, but nothing to worry about. And I think there's, you know, more power in the tank here. Like he's not, never was projected as a big power threat, and I don't think he still is. But I think he could grow in the 55 raw powers thanks to the hit tool bat speed. I think he's still got a little bit of projection left on his frame. Not a ton, but a little more. Maybe he gets up to like 190, 200 with, with some added bulk. So I think he could be like a 15 to 18 homer type at peak, maybe getting closer to 20 at peak. I say he's a solid above average runner as well. Good base running instincts too, which really helps. He's only been caught three times this year in 21 attempts. So yeah, it's just a really good all around profile. You know, I think he has the defensive um, skills to stick at shortstop, but. As with the Yankees, they got Gleyber Torres there, so who knows? They've a lot, you know. Um, they have Oswald Peraza at higher levels; they could play short. So maybe Volt moves the second, maybe moves the third. Who kn- maybe gets traded with the Yankees? Who knows? Uh, I think all of those are options on the table. But you know, could be a 275, 280 hitter, 15 or so home runs, 20 steal type at peak with a you know good OBP as well, thanks to that mature and patient uh, patient plate approach that he has. So just a really good all around profile and went us off to a great start here in 2021 and is moving up my rankings a ton. So I definitely would recommend going out and getting Anthony Volpe right now back over to Michael for his second guy.
1: Yeah. My second infielder that I want to talk about is Astros third baseman, Joe Perez. And he's someone that I was pretty much unfamiliar with entering this season. Uh, He caught my eye just looking through uh, advanced stats and different things. He had done really well in low A to begin the season, and he got promoted after 12 games. And what's got me encouraged is that he's actually gotten better pretty much across the board since he's been moved up to high A. He's a 21-year-old, a former second-round pick, so there's some level of pedigree there. Uh, He's got a 188 WRC plus in high A. So, you know, from my perspective, he may even be ready to be challenged at double A already. Uh, two things I noticed about him was he's reduced his K percentage as he's moved up the levels while also increasing his walk percentage. Now, his his walk percentage went has gone down in high A, but it's still higher than it was in 2019. So, uh, the, the red flags I have on him would be that he's not going to project to be a stolen base threat, which isn't very uncommon at third base. He does have a relatively high BABIP at this point, so I think the batting average is probably going to not be as high as it is at the moment. Uh, as As I speak, he's hitting, what does he have here? He's hitting 337, 394, 684 in 104 plate appearances in high A. So there's not a lot of uh, hitting prospects in the Astros organization that's near the upper levels. So for, he's someone that's moved up probably into my top 10 in the organization at this point. And even though the raw counting stats don't jump off the page and there's not projected to be speed there, I could see him developing into a four-category guy down the road. So that has value.
0: Yeah, he, he kind of reminds me a little bit of a, a young Abraham Toro, like not a lot of speed, but and this, this doesn't really stand on that shit, but just solid hit too, some power, a little bit of power there too. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely a great start to the season for Joe Perez and, uh, and one of the better systems in baseball for – you know, player development. So you got to feel good about that as well. And over to Mr. Clegg there for his second infielder.
2: All right. Well, this guy has been slugging his way up rankings and that's Jose Miranda. Who's just been, I think
0: you're, le- I think you're leading the Jose Miranda, like hype train here. I was going to decide
1: between him and Joe Perez. <laughs> yeah. I
0: mean, you know, again, another guy that like was
2: kind of off my radar, like you mentioned with uh Perez, Michael, but I, I love what I see, and you know, the stats back up what I've seen too. And you know, I thought that it was kind of a hot streak at the beginning of the year, like he just kept showing up and showing up, and putting up the stats, and it just hasn't stopped. And it,
0: you know, he, he's like, been there like every day on my daily prospect. Cup. It's like, oh, uh, he's three for five with a home run. Oh, there's four hits. Oh, there's two doubles. It's like every day he's on there. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, so far the season, 210 plate appearances, he's got 349 average, 414 OBP and a 586 slug. That's a 1,000 even OPS, which is pretty impressive. I mean, he is 23 at AA, or fixing to be 23. He'll turn 23, actually, on Tuesday. So, almost happy birthday, Jose Miranda. I hope you hit a home run on your birthday. You look at the distribution, I mean, of his ground balls, line drives, and fly balls, and it's really healthy rate. I mean, low 40s ground ball, 30% line drive rate. is very conducive to good batting average, and a good fly ball rate of 25%. You know, his home run to fly ball rate is a little suspect at 29%. And I think you can expect some regression with that, but he's smoking the ball. I mean, he's hitting extremely hard. His hard hit rate is up there pretty high and especially the pool side. Now, honestly, one of the most impressive things is his strikeout to walk ratio, which is, you know, very impressive. 11% strikeout rate, 8.1% walk rate. I think that stands out a lot, especially at the double a level. He's at 12 home runs this year, swiped four bags. You watch the film. I like what I see a lot, and I think that he's legit. I really do. And I didn't think that, like I said at the beginning of the year, I thought he was just kind of a hot streak type guy. When I watch him, you know, I think that everything's kind of backed up by mechanically what he's doing, and the numbers kind of prove it. So, yeah, Miranda is one that I think could rise pretty quick, and most people really aren't on him yet. And so, I think you can get him fairly affordable, and the kid just hits the ball hard and you know, the power I think is legit and growing. I think the hit tool, uh, he's not going to hit. I think he's an above average hitter, but regardless, I mean, putting up good batting average, which was one of his struggles. He wasn't a good hitter previously, but I think there was a good future projection with that. And now we're kind of seeing it. So Miranda, a
0: guy who I think is legit and you should go by right now. Chris, I love the time. Every time you use the, like the phrase fixing to be, (laughs) <laughs> that gets me laughing every single time. That's a, definitely a Southern saying. Yeah, I think he's, so. he's fixing to be 23. I was trying to, I couldn't meet myself in time. So I kind of like leaned away from the mic and make sure people want to hear me laugh. But I yeah. don't even think about it. Just, just I know it it's a, a common phrase for you. I, I just love right. it. you. You stink that in. i like, once every few episodes, somehow, <laughs> some way, fixing to do this, fixing to be that's. I love it. It's one of my favorite sayings that Nance. that you say. So maybe um, you'll
2: pick it up one day. <laughs>
0: maybe you know we'll we pod together long enough, and like you'll be saying some northeastern slang, yeah. I'll be saying some southeastern slang, and yeah, we'll we'll pick up from each other. <laughs> we'll, we'll rub off on each other. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, great pick there. Miranda's been like I said, showing up in my daily you know stat update thing that I do every morning, several times a week. Just doing you know. Tearing the cover off the ball right now in that Minnesota system. And I have to go back to the Yankees here. And the other guy with the last name, Duran, that's doing well this season. Not named Jaron Duran, but Ezekiel Duran, second base prospect for the Yankees. 5'11", buck 85, still 22 years old, right-handed batter. This year in high A, 190 plate appearances, 279, 354, 509, 20 extra base hits, seven home runs. 12 steals, 10% walk rate, 22.1% strikeout rate. If you combine 2019 and 2021 so far, he has 20 home runs, 23 steals in 109 games. And for his minor league career, 27 home runs, 34 steals in 177 games. Nice little power speed blend there, at least at the surface. But, you know, that stolen base total is a little misleading. He's not like a plus runner. Like You'd think, oh yeah, he's above average to plus run. He's not. I think it really varies where you look at the reports you read what his speed grade? – I've seen him as low as 40 with some future 30 <laughs> speed grades. I'm not ready to go that low. Like I think he's more like fringe 50 right now. Maybe he goes on a 45, 40 at peak, but he likes to run. So even if he is a 40 runner you know, at peak and you know, in a few years when he fully maxes out physically, he, he's shown the ability that he wants to run. So I think he'll still be – at least like a you know a 12 to 15 steel guy just with the, the speed that he does have and his just ability to you know he's a good base runner. He t- has gotten caught six times this year, but this is showing the the want, the desire to steal bases, that's that's key right there. So still think he can be a at least a decent little source of speed, but you're gonna want him for the power. That's his calling card. Right now, I think he's above average, maybe pushing plus raw power. He's a really, really good power bat. Lightning quick bat speed, like that swing is just so quick. Someone might, some might call it violent, but that's just a really quick swing. It doesn't, it doesn't look like his mechanics got out of whack, so like I don't think it's like too bad of a swing. Um, they said this really quick bat speed could drive the ball with authority, generates some nice natural loft, especially to his pole side. I think this is a legit 20 plus homer bat from second base. And that's, you know, as Chris mentioned, you know, how second base is in general. There's not a lot of star power there. You know, 20 home runs and 10 to 15 steals. That'll definitely play there. Um, But it's got to come down to how well the hit tool plays as he gets into the upper levels. Like right now, he's made strides. Like I had him more of a, you know, 40, 45 grade in the past. There was a little too much swing and miss, a little too much chase, you know, but it's gotten better. You know, he's putting the ball in play more. He's cut, up, cut down on the strikeout. He's drawing more walks. So, yeah, I think there's a, a chance he gets to around 50-grade hit, at least enough to hit like 260, 270 or so in that range, maybe down to 250, but 250, 270 range with that 20-plus you know, plus home runs, 10 to 15 steals annually while playing half his games in a great hitter's park. You know, That is unless he gets traded, of course. But, uh, yeah, I think this is a really good – on the rise middle infield prospect like there's a ton of those in the in the yankee system so definitely what i'm targeting right now in dynasty leagues Uh, michael who was your last infielder
1: so my last infielder is someone i've been kind of uh, pushing for a little while online and uh, it's angel martinez uh, second base shortstop for the indians he's a 19 year old in low a and he was someone that i really liked when i watched some film of him in the winter and he just seems like a very safe player which is odd to say for a teenager but like i'm just very confident he's going to be a, a major leaguer if if he doesn't get injured uh his stats at the moment don't like necessarily jump off the page 275 batting average 3.57 obp 486 i mean it's really good but the reason i'm so high on him is is a lot of the things i do on Twitter is comparing players based on their age and their level. And when I put 19 year olds who are in low A together, Angel Martinez is surrounded by top prospects, guys like Noelve Marte, Marco Luciano, Tyler Soderstrom, Robert Hassel. This is the group of players that he, I fi- keep finding him in. So he, he has good patience. He has power and speed upside. A strong hit tool. I think it could even get up to as high as like a 60 grade at his peak. 55 or 60. He's got good speed. Maybe even 55, 60 speed as well. He's a switch hitter. Um, he's someone that I personally am going to view as like a he's... I see him becoming a big riser over the next year. I, I think he's going to be a top 100 prospect and maybe even higher than that. And he's not necessarily completely off the radar at the moment, but he's also not viewed in the same light as a lot of those names I just mentioned. So I would like to see his stolen base percentage improve a little bit. And I'm a little concerned about the depth in the middle infield for the organization, but he is the player that I would choose to rise above all the rest of them.
0: I like Angel Martinez a lot. And Chris, did you see what Michael just said there? Let's just put him in the same grouping as every guy that Eric loves: Novi right. Marte, Robert Hassel, Tyler Soderstrom. That's a good grouping to be in there for sure. And yeah, there's so much depth in that Cleveland infield. Like, I think if I was like, you know, head of a team or something like that, player development, whatever. I love the way Cleveland drafts. Like, they go after up the middle guy. They go after pitching, you know, catchers, and up the middle, you know, second, shortstop, center field guys that are usually they go after like the young guys, right? The high school players and whatnot. So they can get kind of like their hands on them and kind of mold them early to what they want. Like I've said before, it's easy to move from middle to corner than from corner to middle. So I love the way Cleveland goes about it. Um, Jan Angel Martinez is just one of the long line of enticing middle infield prospects in that system. It's an endless supply. So yeah, definitely like him a lot. And over to Chris here for his last infielder.
2: Yeah, this guy is a person I've been watching a lot recently and very impressive. Curtis Mead, he's a third baseman in the Tampa Bay Rays system. And, you know, Mead was, he debuted in 2019 with Philly, actually 2018, excuse me, at, at 17 years old, which is pretty impressive before coming over to Tampa and He's down here in South Carolina, actually in Charleston. He's a guy I think he needs a new challenge. I think that, you know, at his age, he's 20 years old in low A. He's ready for a new challenge because he's impressive. I mean, not only from a statistical standpoint, and, you know, I keep going back to these guys that have really good hit tools, and I think Meade's got a a really solid hit tool. I mean, his contact rate this year is like 84%, which is is really good when you look at overall contact rate. And, you know, his plate discipline's extremely good as well. He's only striking out 14.5% of the time. And when I watch him, I see a guy that controls the zone really well. Like, he can go down and get a pitch. He recognizes curveballs well. He's not fooled by anything. And so he's making a lot of contact. He's finding the barrel consistently, and he's growing into some power. And he's listed at 6'2", 170. So I think there's still room to grow at 20 years old. Like, he may not add any height, but there's definitely some weight to be added to that frame where he could definitely generate more power. And we're slowly seeing it this this year. I mean, he's got four home runs over 179 plate appearances, but he has been coming on strong over the past couple weeks. When you look at his game log, and he's just been tearing the cover off the ball the last several weeks. And, you know, Meade, like I said, I think that the biggest thing is just his plate recognition he sees the pitch as well. He controls the zone, and he can't be fooled. And he also comes with good speed, too. I do think his speed ticks down. I do think he adds some weight. So you know, he's stolen seven bases so far this year, caught just twice. But I do think that we see that tick down just a hair. But he's got a 348 batting average of 402 OBP, and the power's developing. So I think that kind of balances out the speed a little bit. But you're looking at a guy with a really good hit tool, Growing home run pop, and he still he still has some speed into his later days. You know, I think that he'll continue to steal some, but that will decline with time. But Curtis Mead, I think he needs to be more on your radar if he's not already. And you know, just watch him. Just go watch some film on him, and I think he's highly impressive with what you see. So Mead's a guy that I'd say watch out for. That could be a big riser this year.
0: So Chris, would you say that you have the need for Mead? <laughs> that's a pretty good one
2: that's a good this is a good dad joke
0: right see yeah. see michael like i'm trying as a, as a new father i'm trying to educate <laughs> you know and, and instill wisdom in chris with on the dad joke category here so it's like every week's a little a little less than. i try to fit in a dad joke every episode if i can yeah. luckily i just thought of that sometimes it clicks like that the light bulb comes on at the weeks it doesn't but yeah mead, mead has definitely been impressive this year and my last guy, who's my favorite out of the, my trio in the infield, and our only National League prospect on the as well as the first eight all-American leaguers that this worked out like that, uh, I'm going down. To, I'm going to stick in the state of Florida, though. Go over to the Miami Marlins system with Jose Salas, middle infielder. Really, really good frame. 6'2", 190, strong, athletic, projection. All those words you love, they're all there. He's a switch hitter, 18 years old, signed for 2.8 million out of Venezuela in 2019. Is one of the biggest signings in that particular international class. The bat here is very, very enticing. Like, there was a lot of videos out there um, over the last couple couple months. He's been done in extended spring training, and he's just been hitting tanks. Like the power is definitely coming. He's already shown above average or better raw power with protection for more as he fills out his frame. Bat speed and the ability to generate loft also hint at further power development. So I think this is a plus power guy. Not too far down the road, I think he's going to be potential 25 to 30 homer bat from the middle. You know, I'm not sure where he ends up. We'll see second base stuff, I'm not sure yet, um, but definitely going to have a lot of power from the middle infield. And he's above above average runner as well with solid range at short. I think he could stick it short if that's what Miami wants to do with him, but. You know, even if he does fill out and drop to 50 run, I think he's still going to be able to provide double-digit steals annually it's because he's still going to be a pretty good runner, good athleticism. So 10 to 15 steals annually to go along with that power, I think is definitely realistic. But, uh, you know, he hasn't played yet in you know in game action. So as with all these players, like you can say what you want about the hit tool, but we have not seen these guys in game action. I think there's going to be a solid hit tool there, maybe not plus like an Anthony volt but I think it could be fifty, maybe fifty-five. We'll see. Um, there's a There is a bit of a longer swing here, uh, though. He looks like he's tightened it up a little bit, but he had a, a deeper hand load. But he's made up for it with all his bat speed so far. But you know, there's some some minor mechanical things to work on. But you know, really, really good bat. Even if he settles in as like a fifty hit type of player, this all around offensive skill set could really have him fly up rankings here. Over the next year or two, and I think you know by this time next summer he could be top 100 guy. I think he's got that much upside from the middle infield position. So you know he's a, you can get him for very cheap right now, or maybe depending how deep your league is, he might be sitting there on the waiver wire. So I think his upside is definitely worth taking taking a shot on off the wire, or you know shooting over a you know a low type of offer because I think you can get him for very cheap right now. But love, love, love Jose Salas here as a breakout over the next year or so. And that's going to wrap up the infield and bring us into our break. We'll come back on the other side and talk outfielders. So don't go anywhere. Asbury Methodist Village and Montgomery County take senior living to the next level, creating extraordinary opportunities for a fulfilling future. Work your brain and body in our new
2: wellness center. Stroll our expansive campus and 17-acre nature preserve. Stay sharp with our resident-run college and find so many new ways to get involved and make a
0: difference for others. Anticipate more from your retirement. Visit asburymethodistvillage.org today. Your future's here. Equal Opportunity Housing Provider. all right welcome back from the break we're with michael richards this week talking hitting prospects outside our top 150 that we're targeting in dynasty leagues just hit all of our infielders and now we're heading out to the outfield michael who was your first guy
1: so my first guy is the guy i was least familiar with coming into the season and that's brewers outfielder joe gray jr a second round pick in 2018 uh basically his numbers have just been fantastic 307 average 406 obp 663 slugging 10 home runs and 12 steals 355 iso he's got a strong 12.7 walk percentage uh he's 12 for 12 in steals attempts and another thing that i've actually really like about him is he's reduced his ground ball rate by 13 percent from 2019 uh there are some red flags, if you want to call them that. Uh, he is 21 in Low A, so he's not he's not one of these teenagers that's excelling. Uh, some people have him with a, a as low as a 40 grade hit tool, which, if that's the case, this is not going to last. Uh, but I'm I'm starting to think that might be a little low. He does have a high BABIP, so I don't see him as a 300 hitter by any means, but this is someone who's just gone from kind of off the radar for me to like right up in the mix behind their top hitting prospects in the Brewers organization. So I'm not a fully sold on him yet, but he's definitely someone I want to stash in dynasty leagues and kind of see how it unfolds, especially as he moves up higher levels.
2: hundred percent, man, definitely off stashing him in leagues where, you know, 200, 250 prospects roster. I, I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's, with prospects, I think when you see these guys like breaking out, it's worth a stab. Like Because worst case, you can cut them. But right. if you don't, you miss out. So you're going to miss out on these breakouts. And the biggest thing with this year is the fact that so many guys developed last year that we didn't even see. Mm-hmm. Because most teams didn't broadcast their alternate training The Red Sox did a great job with that. We saw a lot that was going on there, but most teams didn't do that. We had no clue how these players developed, and a lot of guys could have made tangible changes. And so, this year, especially, go out and get these guys like Joe Gray Jr., who's in the middle of a breakout. Again, if it doesn't last, if he tapers off, then who cares if he's at the back end of your roster, you cut him and you get the next guy. But if you don't, you're going to miss out. If you're not willing to take chances, you're going to miss out on that next guy taking a huge leap up prospect rankings. So yep. great recommendation. And I would say hundred percent, you need to be willing to buy these type of players.
0: Absolutely. That's why I think not just me, I think Ian Conn has said this too, like the bottom part of your prospect, you know, you know, roster or whatever you want to call it, you got to churn that, you know, have a, you know, whether I'd say have like, the bottom 10%, you know, 10, 15% of your prospect roster in dynasty league, spending how deep your, your league is. Turn that over. Try to find like he's Chris mentioned, try to find, have those spots for the, the you know, pop up guys. Like I said, if they don't work out, yeah, you cut them for the next one, but like, you don't want to miss out. Like Chris said, you don't want to miss out on these guys. And yeah, Joe Gray jr. has always been one that has really kind of enticed me. Like I, I saw the tools there and he was one of the few guys, like a few years ago before Milwaukee system started getting better. He was like one of the few guys that really kind of intrigued me in that system. Like this is pre, you know, pre Hedbert Perez, pre Garrett, Mitchell, pre Ethan small, you know, he was one of the few that were actually of note in that system. So yeah, definitely like that. He's finally put it all together here and has really been tearing the cover off the ball this year. But Chris, who's your first guy in the outfield? All
2: right, And this is the guy who I think might be a complete boomer bust play. And that's Brent Doyle in the Rocky system, then, you know, he's going to get the benefit of potentially playing in course field as his home field one day. He's a little old for his age or for his level. He just turned 23. He's in high a this year. And we saw him in 2019 where in rookie ball, he really showed out. I mean, he absolutely dominated. He kind of caught my eye then. And, you know, some interesting trends have happened since, and you know, he only, it was a small sample of just 215 plate appearances then, But, you know, strikeout rate of 21% has jumped to 31% this year, which has me slightly concerned. But I think there's easy plus raw power and plus speed here. So you look at the profile, the pedigree of what could be if the hit tool develops. And I think right now that's probably the biggest question with him. As I mentioned, the 31% strikeout rate is is not great at all. The contact rate, his contact percentage right now is at 65% for the year. So not ideal by any means, But when I watch him, I think that there's the upside. And, again, as we mentioned, with prospects, you have to be willing to take a chance on the upside. Most prospects, I wouldn't say, have floor at all. Like There's a bottom out for any prospect. No prospect is safe. And so with Doyle, he hits the ball hard. He generates a lot of raw power. He's got the speed to steal bags. He's got one of the better hard hit rates in the minor leagues right now. The biggest concern is just the contact and the strikeouts, you know. He gets the ball up the middle a ton, which, you know, if he pulls the ball more, he's going to generate more home run power. And, you know, the overall line is kind of tanked a little bit. It looked better at the beginning of the year, but right now he's 256, 328, 415. So nothing super impressive, but five home runs, 12 stolen bases on the year. Again, I just think it's the upside play here where I'm willing to take a shot in at least a deeper dynasty league. And I've got him pushing you know my top 200 just because of the upside. And I, again, I think that with the skill set he has, if he does develop the hit tool a little bit, then there's a legit player here that no one is talking about at all. That you can get really cheap. So Brenton Doyle with the Rockies, I think he's worth a dart throw. If it doesn't stick, like, like we've said, you can throw him away, find the next guy, but Doyle has that upside. So I'm willing to take a shot here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I like that power speed blend. Hopefully I should get some eyes on him when he gets up the double A later on this season. You got to think he gets up the double A this year. So Definitely like Bretton Doyle as a nice breakout thing. See if the hit tool gets there. Like the power speed, definitely there. See if the hit tool comes along here. Uh, So I think the double A will be a good test for him. So really, he's one of the more intriguing guys in that system for me, uh, for sure. My first outfielder here, I'll stick in the NL West, go over to the first place San Francisco Giants, which is kind of funny to say with Dodgers and Padres in that system. But uh, Gyro Pomares has been – Really, really intriguing. He's only gotten 42 at bats this year at low A, but very impressive here to start. 316, 381, 658 slash, seven extra base hits, three home runs, 7.1% walk rate, 28.6% strikeout rate. This is definitely a bat first profile, corner outfield profile. He could be 55 hit, 55 power guy. Everything else is just kind of like around average. Like not bad anywhere else but not you know no other tools that really stand out at you. Um, so you could add a little bit of speed here five to ten steals but doesn't really project as a big runner doesn't have any steals yet but that bat is definitely legit um, that, that's what's gonna carry him and make him potentially make him an impact offensive outfielder at the highest level. I think he actually if you're just looking at contact skills, I think those are actually plus um, but you know maybe it pushes him down to more towards above average hit tool. You know, the the approach, he doesn't walk a ton, a little bit, a little bit of chase concerns there that he's got to um, kind of clean up. But I think this could be a plus hit tool in time or at least above average. Um, but I just want to see that walk rate go up 5.2 percent for his career below average. So I want to see him if he's got eight, nine percent, that'd be great. Um, slightly, slightly open set but remains balanced. Uses a moderate leg kick to time pitches and uses his quick hands and strong hip rotation to really create plenty of bat speed and torque in that swing. I think he could be, this could be a plus plus profile, best case scenario. I'll probably, you know, settle on 55 55 more so, but, you know, definitely a good power hitter, good average hitter. He's he's produced some impressive exit velocities so far. Um, both in game action and, you know, in extended spring training. So I think he could be a 270, 275 type of hitter, 20 to 25 home runs added a handful of steals annually. So yeah, well, everyone else is out there targeting Helio Ramos, Hunter Bishop and all of them in the outfield. I think Pomara is, going guess sneak up on some people and could be a top 100 ish guy within the next year or so. Uh, still only 20, be 21 in August. So um, definitely young, got plenty of time to develop. So, really like Jairo G- uh, Pomares here in the giant system. Now over to Michael for his second outfielder.
1: So my second outfielder, I may, I may have cheated a little bit here because this is someone who's already in Eric's top 150. That's cool. Uh,
0: it's, it's it's your top 150. You know, use your list.
1: <laughs> yeah, I well, he's someone I expect to get inside my top 150 relatively soon here. And it's uh, Dodgers outfielder Andy Pajes, I believe it's pronounced. And he's a... He was an international signing in 2017 from Cuba. Uh, he's stood out to me this year because, like I said earlier, with the Angel Martinez stuff, doing the list, 20-year-olds in high A. There's Jay, there's Julio Rodriguez, and then there's Andy Pajas, and then there's a wide gap below him to guys like Michael Harris. So the So just noticing that sort of stuff puts him on a different level for me is upside um so uh he's hitting 254 355 547 with 14 home runs and four stolen bases 293 iso so the power is legitimate he has cut his k percentage down about a percent since rookie ball so that's promising because keeping his k percentage i believe in check is going to be the key to reaching his potential uh, he's played about two-thirds of his games in right field uh, with a third of them in center field. So there is maybe an underrated element of athleticism here, not unsimilar to Julio Rodriguez. And I don't expect steals to be a big part of his game because his pers- his success rate only around 60% for his career. But I do think he'll be able to chip in there. And he kind of profiles as a classic like four-category slugger, especially if he can... Improve on his hit tool slightly and not become a a big time strikeout risk.
0: Yeah, I, I like Pa has a lot, and uh, I used to call him. It, it looks like Andy Pages. So I used to call him Andy yep. Pages all the time, but like obviously where he's from, like I knew it's not. It's, I knew it wasn't Pages, but I, I couldn't. I didn't never found the pronunciation until recently. So yeah, I love Andy Pa has a lot. I think I bumped him up. Yeah, he's where is he right now for me? Inside the top one hundred and fifty. A quick control find here. He is. I bumped up to 109 in my last rank just because of that that power upside, and mm-hmm. God, definitely love the uh, the bat there. If the if the hit tool can continue to make gains, like you mentioned, the strikeout rate definitely. You know he's in the Dodgers org, who we know is like arguably the best org in baseball to be in. So definitely a lot of uh, a lot of positive things surrounding Andy Paez right now. Chris, who's your next guy?
2: I'm gonna dig pretty deep here, and this is a guy that really wasn't on anybody's radar and honestly wasn't on mine until I got a live look a couple weeks ago when he came through Greenville and um, hi, was with Asheville tourists right now in the Astros system. That's Matthew barefoot. Uh, he's got an interesting profile where, you know, he was a sixth round pick out of Campbell university in 2019. Not really anything to, to brag off about. He's six foot, 205 pound outfielder, but He intrigued me. I saw him, and then I looked at the stat line. I was like, man, this guy's doing it. And so for the season, he started in low A. He bumped to high A. Between both levels, he's at 10 home runs, 13 steals, 325 average, 384 OBP, and 599 slug. And he hasn't skipped a beat since he got promoted either. And I think that was some concern that he may fall off a little bit. And in a sense, I guess you can say he did. He he slash on him. mean, he's hitting 344 in low A. He's hitting 312 in high A over more plate appearances, over 100 plate appearances so far. And he's been impressive. And, you know, he had a home run in that game I was at. You know, I watch him. The profile interests me a little bit. You know, there's not a ton out there on him. But from what I've seen, like, man, I think this guy has something in the tank. And, you know, he uses all fields well. He does strike out a little bit too much. His K rate right now. It's a 28%, which is a hair high, walks at 8% clip so far. He uses all fields pretty well, and this is a pretty deep dig. So, like, you got to think, like, if you're in a league right now that rosters maybe 400 or more prospects, he's worth a stab. So in a really deep league, but, you know, it's hard to argue what he's done, and very few prospects so far this year have gone 10-10 with home runs and stolen bases, and there he is with 10-13. and And he is a little older for his level. You know, he got the promotion at least. He hit double A this year. He's he's 23. He'll be 24 by the end of the season. Actually, minor league ball will be over by the time he turns 24. But regardless, you know, he's a little old for the age, which or for the level, which is slightly concerning to me. But still, he's performing well. He seems to have the the profile when I watch him. You know, every, things I like to see. He's got it. And so Matthew Barefoot, at least worth a stab in a deeper league. So, like I said, I'm digging kind of deep there. But I think he's worth a shot, and my from the eye test, I think the numbers kind of back up what I saw there. So I like what he's doing a lot. Worth a stab. See what he can do. You know, the babbit's going to come down a little bit. It's really high, but he's got the speed, so he may be able to carry a higher Babbitt Who knows? But again, I'm willing to take a shot here and see where it goes.
0: Yeah, for sure. In in 1920, we had shoeless Joe Jackson, and then 2021. I should say 1921. I screwed that up. But in 2021, we got Matthew Barefoot, maybe the great, great, great grandson of Shoeless Children. No, obviously not. But um, I love that last name, Matthew Barefoot. And then he was, yeah, he wasn't a guy that was on really anybody's radar recently, but with his performance this year, definitely worth a look in deeper dynasty leagues for sure. Moving over to my second guy here, I gotta go to one of my favorite organizations in all of baseball the seattle mariners who i think are a top five org right now in terms of both talent and depth and i'm gonna go to george Feliz here someone we've talked i think a little bit about at least in passing in this system before probably several months back uh, in the preseason but he's a little guy 58 150 according to the baseball reference but I, I think he's, from what I've seen, I feel like he's more like 160, 170 now. I have found nothing to back that up, but he looks like he's added some bulk, you know, since 2019 or so. Uh, he was a 2018 signing out of the Dominican Republic, still only 19 years old, left-handed batter. Uh, he, he's got the foundational tools there. there. I looks like he could be, you know, every site you see is pretty much above average hit tool. Uh, from what I've seen, you know, the feel for the barrel, you know, plus bat speed is there. He can spray the ball to all fields. So he he has all the makings of an above average two plus hit tool potential. We'll see how he does when he gets in the game action. Um, but right now, this is a, a hit over power profile. But at the same time, like I say he's added bulk. He's very strong. He can really drive the ball. It's more you know gap to gap line drive type power now, but it's loud contact. So I think you know continued you know added bulk, his contact skills, the bat speed. Like it's not hard to see him getting into like the teens, you know, for annually for home runs here. So good hit tool, developing power, and he is a you know high end athlete, plus to double plus speed, absolute speedster. You know, even if he doesn't, you know, even if he does add bulk and the speed drops a little bit, I think I think he's still gonna be plus speed or worst case scenario above average. But I can't see him dropping below plus. It's a really, really quick first step what you've seen, you can get up to full speed pretty quickly. So I think he's going to be a, an absolute terror on the base paths, you know? So if, if that power comes along and the hit tool comes as advertised, I think you're going to see George Feliz really, really fly at prospect rankings. Jonathan Classé is another great one in the system as a breakout outfield prospect. So a lot of nice up and coming talent in this Seattle system. And then George Feliz is definitely one of the ones I'm looking forward to seeing the most once he gets in the game action, probably later this season. So, Definitely go out there and get George Feliz. All right, Michael, who's your last guy here?
1: Okay, my last outfielder is someone I uh, was high on in the off season or just kind of discovered on my own, and he's kind of backing it up in low A this year. It's Brian Buelvas, outfielder for the Oakland. He's a nineteen year old in high A. Uh, he looks he looks to have a, a really good hit tool uh as high as a 60 grade hit tool with 55 speed uh the power is not expected to be as high he was graded as a 40 coming into the season but what's interesting is he has eight home runs and one steal so far he's another guy like i've been saying a few times he's another 19 year old who's kind of in working his way into an upper echelon of player uh, he shows strong patience for his age with a double-digit walk percentage. Uh, what's interesting for me is that his what he profiles as is a, a plus hit tool with speed and not much power. But what he's showing so far is a not a plus hit tool. It's <laughs>
0: yeah, kind of opposite of that, right? Yeah, it's, exactly. The opposite him. Him.
1: So yeah, so assuming the the profile is accurate on the hit tool and speed. And, and this power, this new power that he's developed, is real. Like the, there's a very promising package coming together here, potentially. And uh, like I could see a year from now where he's viewed in a totally different light. Uh, the the cons on him would be that Oakland's a notorious pitcher's park. He's still only 19, so he's a few years away. And I would like to see him clean up his strikeout percentage a little bit, but being young for the level it's still it's still a solid profile in my opinion just lacking the high high-end speed but it's there enough speeds there for it to matter
0: yeah and that's interesting too with with a lot of Oakland guys you see that have had a lot of strikeout issues with Austin Beck, Lazar Armenteros so has been plate approach issues have been kind of common with a lot of Oakland hitting prospects of late Um, but yeah it, it's kind of you, you got to look at it either glass half full or glass half empty with these guys like, like us who had like a profile. And then they're kind of like, all right, so are you going to have glass half empty? Like, you know, you know, that hit tool hasn't been there this year. The speed hasn't been there. Or are you glass half full? And like, all right, there's power gains here. So it's like, you kind of got to figure out how you want to go with it. But um, yeah, definitely intriguing nonetheless. And now it looks like Chris is fixing to give us his third prospect here in the outfield.
2: Yeah, and I'm changing it actually. I had uh, a going up to the
0: bullpen. Yeah,
2: I had George Barroso written down, who I do like, but you know, I was, I don't know, I reconsidered while we were sitting here. I was thinking, I was like, got to mention this guy because I you, like you look to be
0: deep in thought. Like, yeah, you were, you were zoned
2: <laughs> in. You were in deep in thought. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I was looking, and I had a couple guys. I almost went Tyler Dearden, who's in your Red Sox system, who I've seen a couple times here in Greenville, who I actually like a lot. Yep. He he may be a little too deep, but this guy who I think may shoot up a lot is Corey Howell, who I've mentioned quite a bit on Twitter. And I don't know if we've talked about him on a pod yet, but he's an outfielder in the Brewers system. Doesn't get much love. And you know, prior to this year, he was a guy who was kind of pegged as just like an empty speed type guy, like a double plus runner, without much else there in the profile. And you know, I mentioned a lot of these guys can develop in the offseason – or in last season where we didn't have a season at that. And you look at his frame, he's listed at 6'3", 180. I think he's added a little weight. He's added power. He's added strength. So you see this year so far, he's hit seven home runs, over 153 plate appearances. He's swiped 11 bags. He's hitting 305 with a 412 OBP. A 242 ISO is pretty impressive. 9.59 9.59 ops for a guy that was listed as a empty speed guy stands out to me. And you watch him, I like the profile, I like the way he controls the zone, I like the way he distributes the the ball to all fields. You know, and he honestly his power comes when he when he pulls the ball more. And I think that's where you know he excels is when when while the power the home run power that that is grown zone because he is pulling the ball more this season. And we're seeing a healthy number of fly balls and line drives, even at that. You know, he hit the ball on the ground a lot prior to this year in 2018 and 2019. His ground ball rates were 48% and 51%. And this year we've seen that drop to 37 and a percent, which is very encouraging. And again, it's very conductive to a higher batting average and more home runs. And so I think the power is legit an average future projection which in the past, and some people graded it as like a, a 30 to 40 in the past. And the hit tool, I would say, is at least average or not better. And we saw him kind of struggle in the past hit for lower averages. And he, we've seen the strike, even the strikeout rate this year, You know, it's dropped a little bit, but still a 20, 26% is some reason to be concerned, but the walk rates are solid. He's going to get on base a lot. And we've seen that throughout his career where he's been consistently in 11 to 12% walk range, which I like a lot. His WRC plus this year at 160 stands out to me. He's ready for the challenge to bump to double-A, and I'm ready to see what he'll do at a higher level. He's 22 years old. I think he's ready for the challenge. So we'll see what he can do. He's kind of bumped up on our rankings. He's definitely still outside the 150, but if this continues and it's clear that this is more than just a hot start of the season, he's going to skyrocket because I think that he has made tangible changes, which is very important. So Howell's a guy to target, and if you've been following me on Twitter, I think you probably know that. It's a guy that I've liked, but he makes hard contact. And I think that really stands out. Like he, For his age, we look at the hard contact rates, the, the hard hit rates, and you know he stands out. There's not a lot of guys his age that have the hard hit rate that he does in the minor league. So I'd go get Corey Howell. Again, I've mentioned some deeper names, but you, you won't know unless you try, unless you take a shot on these guys and see how they develop. So Corey Howell is my last guy.
0: You miss 100% of the prospects you don't add. They also has played
1: three. he's played three games at shortstop this year as well. So I don't know if that's part of his future, but something to consider.
0: yeah, something to at least keep in mind there, some flexibility. Yeah, that Brewer system is definitely on the rise. It was absolute trash a few years ago, but think they got, they got a lot of intriguing names in that system for sure. And now, to my last guy here, I could have picked a hundred different players here. but I'm gonna go with the guy I just wrote a blurb about in our Philadelphia Phillies top twenty prospects that Chris and I put out on our Patreon today. And that's, I think I, I'm probably saying this wrong. So if anybody out there knows the correct pronunciation, please let me know. Yahoswar, Yahoswar, it's Y-H-O-S-W-A-R, Garcia, outfield prospect for the Philadelphia Phillies, was signed in uh, March of 2020. Uh, Very, uh, out of uh, Venezuela, very enticing offensive skills here where he could be just above average across the board offensively. Obviously, as I mentioned many times, we'll see how the hit tool plays, but you know, he's shown good feel for hitting good bat speed and really drive the ball. I think there could be above average raw power in time, especially once he adds bulk, because he's still, uh, you know, plenty of projection on that frame, six foot one fifty. Could if we add a good 20, 25 pounds of bulk for all of a sudden done, I say so still only 19 years old. So plenty of time to do that. And he's a, Plus athlete too, you know, really good range in the field, you know, plus speed. Maybe that dips to above average, but I think there's really all the makings here of 55 hit, 55 power, 55 speed, and Philadelphia really needs him. <laughs> or you know, they have a, they have a lot of you know, Johan Rojas, another good one in the system. They have some good infielders like Kendall Simmons and Jamari Baylor, but. Garcia could be one of the you know biggest risers in this Oregon maybe a you know guy that's when you look at the Philadelphia Phillies org next this time next year he might be a guy that's like firmly in their top 5 because you know outside of like Mick Abel uh, Bryson Stott there's not like a ton of high end prospects in this system I think Garcia could be that in time he has the tools to do so uh, so definitely one to keep an eye on now he's yet to get in the game action yet um Actually, yeah, he'll be – actually, no, sorry. He has but gotten some game action. Uh, my, my apologies. Uh, down in low A Clearwater, Not doing so hot yet, but does have 10 steals, but again, in 16 games. But again, low A. Take that with a grain of salt, but already flashing his speed. See how the bat comes along, 231 so far. Uh, but definitely has the tools to be a really, really big riser here over the next year or two. That's got to wrap us up. You know, Michael, thanks for coming on, man. Is there anything you wanted – any of your work you wanted to plug that you're doing right now?
1: uh no i'm i'm working on updating top 20 uh, lists for roto fanatic for each organization i'm doing them by division so i'm working on the al central at the moment and my next piece for prospects 1500 will be looking at the giants high a team and trying to identify some some dynasty prospects on that team
0: nice yeah definitely go check out all of michael's work follow him on twitter at mprichards1981 you can follow chris at rotocleg myself at eric cross04 thank you to everyone again for listening this week we hope that you all enjoyed it and you can check out all of our, chris and i's written work at fantrexhq.com check out our patreon and we'll be back with you all again next week with more dynasty and prospect talk until then everyone take care